Uh, Mr. Latimer? Oh, yeah, right here, right here. Uh, come right this way for your performance review. Oh, great. Yeah, how are you doing today? All right, Rick, I'm doing good. Can I call you Rick? Sure can. I'm here from the superintendent's office. We're here to give you your performance review for the year, see what's going on, see if you want to move forward. So, uh, Great. Uh, I just want to go over a couple things for you that I'm seeing here in my file. I'm seeing All right. attendance is looking great. You sure is. GPA, average average class GPA is going up like through the roof almost. Yeah. What's your secret? Oh, I just beat their ass. You what? Uh, yeah, I just beat the shit out of them all year. It's really effective. You should you should really institute it into more schools. You know what? That oh man. Okay. Um, that's I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I got a couple red red real big red oh. underlined check marks that I want to go through with okay. you if if you sure. allow me to. Um, yeah, okay. let's hear them. Yeah, first off, I got uh, I got fifty thousand dollars in property damage, and it, oh what yeah, happened? I mean that's just. You know, typical stuff. Rode my motorcycle through the hallway. Nope. Got thrown out a window. All bad. Student got thrown through the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just typical, you know, occurrences in, in the school. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna show you something that's not typical. I got a student thrown through the roof. Through the roof with a noose on his foot. Actually, <clears throat> yeah, that was just you know typical drug gang disagreement. Typical. None of it's. Yeah. None of this is typical. It's very confusing. Um, okay, so we got a, a teacher here. A teacher here at your school was almost raped. Yeah, that was just White Zach. You know, he got. Wait, 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 but, no, 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 then, but back up, back up. What? Oh, that was a student's name. Yeah, White Zach. It was just to help us differentiate him from Black and Brown Zach. Oh, got it. That's awful. But, yeah, no, he was just coming back. He got expelled, and then he jumped bail, and then he just came back to rape a teacher. But again, I beat his ass and then threw him into a trash can, so it's fine. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um. I got. I got one last thing here. I got a sure. a, a couple student deaths. Yeah, that was unfortunate. You know, yeah. just uh, again another situation. I was being held at knife point, and then one of the gang members shot the other one, and then one of our security guards threw a student from the second floor down to the first floor, uh, basically killing him on impact. But you know, you got to break a few eggs to make high school. Okay, Rick, can I still call you Rick? I mean, of course. When the eggs are the students, you shouldn't break them. I guess I'll maybe take that note uh you know but again you saw the numbers you saw the results i think i think my method works all right um i'm gonna ask you i want to see where your head's at where do you see yourself in the next two years with our school system oh with the school system oh i'm gone look i i got an uncle who's in the real estate market he told me about this thing called gentrification have you heard about this yes, i have i'm a victim yeah give it 10 years boy east oakland's gonna be prime real estate baby i'm getting in that right now so again thank you so much for your time uh i'm gonna need my check you can just mail that to me uh on the way and then i'll i'll i probably won't see you again but this has been a lot of fun thanks so much i'm I'm in a lot of shit You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we 
break down these white saber films and then we reimagine them with black and POC leads. I am your host, Jordan Clark, uh, unfortunately, but probably fortunately, because he's, he's getting some money. My co-host, Cameron Mason, is, is a working actor, so he's out here uh, getting the bag. But we do have an amazing co-host stepping in to his place, a uh, former guest on the show, Mr. Sean Pryor. Yo, what's good? Thank you for, for having me back, Jordan. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, like, I'm sorry you had to watch this movie, but I, I do appreciate you stepping in here and, and talking about this because this is a movie, man. Look, I mean, look, we're, we're, we're going to get to it. But yeah, go ahead. Sean. Look, I'm, I'm Jordan. I'm tell you something. We family and we good, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and we good. So when you say, hey, man, can you watch the principal? Yeah. And you and, I, and you was just like and you said, well, I had to pay two ninety nine for it. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I thought I wasted my money. So if you can find it elsewhere. You know, I, I suggest you you do that. Now, <laughs> I, I did try. I, I did try. Trust me. Please believe I did try. But I had to cough up that two ninety. No, I'm sorry, three ninety nine rental. Uh, why'd you go with the HD? <laughs> look, man. <laughs> look, let, let me explain something to you. Let me explain something to you. There's a reason why we're glasses, son. There's a oh, reason why we're glasses. So I'm like, fair. look, if I'm gonna suffer, yeah, I want to be able to suffer clearly, and um. Yeah, I got I got a lot of things to say about this movie, but see, but we fam, we family, so I'm willing to make these sacrifices for you. I appreciate that. Uh, Well, well, let's bring on the uh, the reason for our pain and suffering. Uh, Our guest this week is uh, from. Wait, 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 wait! wait, wait. You gotta put like a period or a comma or something. Like the reason for I didn't. I guess I did choose this movie, but I mean, it was your list. That's well, all right, fair, fair it wasn't enough. Even an asterisk next to this movie, like, yeah, hey, that's, if you pick this, yeah, you know what? I actually did kind of low key want to watch this movie because the trailer is wild. So I think this is, I'll, I'll take it back. This is my fault. But <laughs> <laughs> our our guest this week is from the hashtag All Pads Matter podcast, uh, Mr. Victor Goodwin. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy this movie. I give it a, a <laughs> four stars. Four stars. Hey, you ain't cinematic masterpiece. Jim yeah. Belushi not winning the Oscar. <laughs> Look, there's somebody in the IMDb comment section who was like, he should have been nominated for best supporting actor, and that's like they were not kidding. So uh, <laughs> we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, Victor, tell us a little bit about. Uh, the podcast and some of the other things you got going on. Um, <clears throat> podcast is called All Podcasts Matter. We're on all major streams and platforms. Uh, we started four years ago, uh, maybe five. I don't know time. You know, COVID yeah, is a yeah. time skip. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, started with my friend who's now gone, uh, Ken Roberson um we're back to it but i had to take kind of a break because i had just i i just in may finished my master's degree in social work so i was very very busy and anybody knows going to school is hard but if you don't like going to school online and you have to spend i'm also a teacher so i was spending like 12 hours a day in zoom sometimes and so like i didn't have another three hours to watch movies and then you know talk shit about the movies (laughs) so yeah um but no uh you sent me the email and i like i i'm happy to do it um especially black creators doing this and you know 
while we all don't, you know, this is our first time meeting, but if you, t- I, I read the name of the show and I was like, oh yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope you never run out of white savior films uh, because you can make anything into a white savior film. If there is a, if there is a leading or a, a white person in a leading role or even a big supporting role and it's full of black people, it's probably a white savior film. <laughs> Look, I mean, they try it. As long as as long as America as a as a construct continues, there will always be white savior films. Yeah. Look, man, they yeah. we we've run the gamut so far, and we we are only we're less than twenty episodes into this thing. I keep looking back at our movie list, and I'm just like, you know, it never it never ends, it never stops. So I think I think your your wish is gonna come true. But salute to you for that, uh, Masters. Yes, that's congratulations, that's a big deal, man. Thank you, thank you. Uh, congrats on that. And uh, well, tell us tell us a little bit about this movie that you you chose for us to watch. It was it was my fault, but you selected the movie from the list that I provided to you. Uh, why so, did you choose the principal? <laughs> all right, so I'm running through your list, right? And Harbaugh like blinged out to me mm-hmm. and i'm gonna tell you why y'all lucky i didn't do it because i was gonna get on here with this <laughs> false mask and then sabotage this whole thing because you guys are not going to talk about bad about keanu reeves <laughs> right. keanu reeves saved chicago right and then real music <laughs> happened and then chicago went back down to the thing all right <laughs> so yeah nah, i saw uh, somebody else pick that and i'm i'm, uh, I'm happy like to listen to that episode because i'm yeah. gonna be in there like this no no, that's wrong. Mm. Keanu saved them little, little kids, <laughs> all right? He didn't save, he didn't save uh, Baby G. Baby yeah, that, G that was G-Baby. And he G-Baby. Was, I, I hope they renamed to, uh, the projects to G-Babyville or something <laughs> like that um, as as far as, you know, Chicago Customs, right? Yeah. I don't care if it's a fictional character. Y'all name that project after G-Baby. <laughs> G-Baby, salute to you again, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what? So, so the principal was was the next choice, I guess. Oh, okay, yeah. So the principal's the next choice, just because uh, I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico, right now. Uh, I moved out here to go to school, and because I didn't want to be poor anymore while doing my masters. If you know anything about barrier rent and real re- real estate, it's it's not <laughs> it's it's not the thing. Mm-mm. I'll give you one thing. Like my neighborhood is called um, the Kill Zone. And for a two bedroom apartment, you're gonna pay about like eighteen, two hundred, two two thousand dollars a month. And the place that's known as the kill zone, right? Oh, hell <laughs> so no. yeah, hell no. yeah. So uh, I moved out here, um, but when I saw the principal, I was like, oh, that was filmed in Oakland. So I I know seeing it as a child, I don't know why I watched this movie as a child, uh, but seeing it as a child, I was like, all right, cool, that's Oakland. But like rewatching it, it was like kind of nostalgia. And like a lot of fun facts, like just popping in my head, like the scene where Belushi's riding down the street, uh, the street. I was like, mm. it looks just like that, but with more white people because of gentrification. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Oakland, you know, Oakland Bay Area specifically, with all the the tech people moving in there, and then people moving in on top of that. Like it's wild to see, not even just like the rents, you know. Like again, to think about, oh, you know, like my cousin used to stay over here, and now that place he used to live like somebody's paying a million dollars to to live in that same building that he used to live in 20 years ago. Um, oh, yeah, no, nah, it, uh, <laughs> they, I was, I was watching this one, like, you know, those hood document, not those, uh, you know, those videos where they tell you about who killed who and right. like with the rappers and stuff. There's one like Bay area based one. 
and they were talking about San Francisco, the Fillmore district, which was the Harlem of the West, right? Mm -hmm. Until super racism gentrification happened, right? Everybody owned their own homes. They had their own jazz clubs, barbershops, you know, everything. It was just like you, it was, it was uh, Tulsa, right? You right. know, before everything. But instead of burning it down, Truman passed something about affordable housing. And then the San Francisco mayor said, bet, tore down all the homes in the Fillmore district Jesus. in a year. Right. Yeah. And this is this is this is a good what probably five square miles of homes. Right. Tore them all down, moved everybody out to Oakland and then built projects. Yep. In San Francisco. Right. So San Francisco right now is either one or two of the most highest real estate in the world. And this happened in 1935. So one thing about San Francisco people, it's like New York people, Baltimore, Atlanta. They don't move out of their neighborhoods, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing can make them. It's like not big mama dies and you said house. No, you don't do that in this neighborhood of San Francisco. And I can imagine like if these people still had their homes and they weren't bulldozed in a whole year of the generation generational wealth that would have like accrued in San Francisco for the people. And now it's just sure. still projects, right? And it's still yeah. San Francisco and which the crime rate is going out the roof, uh, yeah, because of car burglaries. They're 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 getting tourists, and I'm like, I know it's bad, but I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should have torn down people's homes. That's, <laughs> you, know? you know that part. Uh, <laughs> well, let's let's get into this movie. I'm going to attempt to summarize this movie in five minutes. Okay, uh, Sean, let, you, let, let me let me set the timer. Yeah, get the, get the timer going. Let, we let have, me set the timer real quick. We have yet to do this. We have gotten, I think Cameron last time when we did Stargate, he got very close. He got to six minutes and 12 seconds. So I think that's okay. the closest we've ever let's, gotten. Let's, let's see here. I'm going to give you six. Six minutes. I'm going to okay. give you six minutes. Okay, and, okay, okay, uh, okay. All right, and go now. All right, so basically this movie <laughs> stars uh, Jim Belushi. He's playing this washed, mediocre white man. He's got a real fragile ego. He's just prone to violence and he just lashes out at whoever, whenever. Because uh, the first scene of the movie is him in a bar getting drunk with his teacher friends. His ex-wife walks in with, I guess, the the lawyer who like served him the divorce papers. And he's just like, fuck that. Grabs a bat, starts swinging on dude, smashes dude's car up. And I, <laughs> I don't know why he's not in jail. I guess it's just the privilege. He just gets, he's got the, <laughs> he's got the pigment to uh, make that situation happen. And he, the next day he's just out of jail. He's back to work as a teacher. He's a pedophile because he's got binoculars and he's just looking up some teenager's dress uh, in the middle of a test. And <laughs> after that, he gets to get what, what is, it's, it's played both ways because it's like, he gets pulled into this meeting with the board of education and they're like, yo, I know you always wanted to be a principal and an administrator. So here you go. You get to be the administrator of this terrible high school, you know, in the inner city. And he's kind of like, how bad could it be? Right. So after that, we kind of, we cut to the, uh, black poverty montage where he's kind of driving down <laughs> this strip. Uh, on his motorcycle and you just see all these black people down and out, which, you know, I, I guess is part of these movies. And the first thing he does when he rolls up to the school is there's for some reason, this white kid running down the street, getting chased by these kids in this car. They smash through a gate trying to get them. They get out the car. They're about to beat his ass. Jim Belushi, real white man energy rolls up there. Just, it just gets himself in the middle of the situation. 
somehow beats up both teenagers and then drags them into his office like not even knowing if they're students or not just yokes them up brings them into his office wants to call the cops and expel them simultaneously uh one of the administrators there is like yo cops just don't even come to the school so don't even try it you can expel these kids but they've been expelled from basically every school around so like what's that even worth so that's when we meet Lou Gossett Jr., who is the, I guess, just the, the security. only security in the whole whole school. Uh, his character's name is Jake, and Jake is just like, yo, let me give you a tour. And then he basically takes him around the school, which is like, it's called Brandel, but it's basically like juvenile Attica, because like every section has like their own ethnic gang. So there's like the Latino gang section, and then there's the black gang section, and then there's the white gang section, which again, why are there so many white kids in this school? <laughs> I don't know why. Not just white kids, but like a specific brand of like white supremacist white kid that I'm it has real like Oz energy that I just don't know what's happening. But anyways, they, he like goes around the school and like gets a measure of it. And then his strategy is just like, I'm just going to beat the shit out of these kids. Like that's, that's it. Like that's his, his educational strategy. So he calls this like informal uh, assembly and like all the administrators are like that's a terrible idea like a riot's gonna start like don't do that but he, he calls the assembly and he's like yo no more of this shit i'm here i'm running shit now y'all are gonna listen to me and then who walks in but uh eddie king himself uh, <laughs> michael wright uh playing victor duncan and while i mean it's the most egregious high school casting maybe ever in a movie because according to everything he's only two years younger than jim belushi but at the same time it's a testament to black don't crack because he looks great yeah. so he he comes in he's just like yo i run the shit fuck off right like i'm not even i'm not even dealing with you come around the school definitely concerns me a little bit you know what i mean but you know i, I packed that thing too so he come around this way you will get caught <laughs> right so he's like don't even don't even try it right but jim belushi's like i'm gonna try it he gets all the like physical education teachers together and he's like y'all big and black y'all security now they just <laughs> just start yoking and yeeting kids all over the school throwing them into the classroom kicking their boom boxes like all of that shit he like rolls up on a girl i guess selling weed in the bathroom and just like takes the weed and tells her to get out. Um, but all the teachers are like, yo, why are you sending all the badass kids into my classroom? They used to just like sit out in the hallways and smoke weed and now they're disrupting my class, you know? And that's where we meet Ray Dong Chong, who's just really slumming it in this movie. I don't know why she's here, but uh, she's- 50 seconds. <laughs> Uh, you, <laughs> I, I, you know, I tried it. Uh, so yeah, she she's like, stop sending these badass kids to my class. All the other teachers are like, stop sending these badass kids to my class. But he he's not going to stop because he's on a mission now to to really stick it to Victor. After that, like, it, it kind of repeats itself, right? Like he and Victor keep getting into it in various levels. Oh, he goes to some like the girl who was selling weed in the bathroom. He goes to her and basically threatens her with an education he's like you better come to learn or i'm going to come to your apartment and get you she's also like 16 or 17 with a four-year-old kid which is just 
another conversation, but <laughs> uh, she comes to get tutored, but it's actually a setup for Victor to come in and just beat the shit out of Jim Belushi. He comes in there, they put a bag on him, they beat his ass. They also break his motorcycle, and then he yes. makes the Latino kids in what apparently is a like like mechanics class. They have money for mechanics, but not sports. Uh, so <laughs> he makes those kids make him a new motorcycle and it's and they put El Principal on it and all that shit. It's that's wild. So then <laughs> after that, uh in the most the one of the most egregious there's two really egregious scenes of this movie. This one where Radon Chong almost gets raped by white Zack, which implies that there's a black Zack or a Latino Zack or both. <laughs> but we learn his name for the first time is White Zack. And because Radon Chong threw him out of class and made him look dumb, he's going to come and like try to rape her after school, I guess, is what happens. And so Jim Belushi rides his motorcycle <laughs> through the hallways, up the stairs, like breaks into the room, beats this kid's ass for like nine minutes and then throws him into a trash can. <laughs> um, after that, you know, Victor's like, all right, you know, I got to up the stakes on this because then Jim Belushi in a scene that should get him killed, just rolls up on a drug deal in progress with a baseball bat and starts swinging it at not Victor, but like drug dealers, like adult drug dealers. And they just, I'm sure him... that was easy top. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They just let him drive away. I don't know what, I, and they never come back to the school. They just like, I guess that deal is done. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. But after that, we see Emil, who is like one of the, the kids who was in Victor's gang and is, I guess, being converted by this just barrage of ass whoopings that happen every day. He's starting to figure it's better to get education than get beat up. He tries to like side with Jim Belushi, but then gets thrown through the roof and like hung upside down after getting his ass beat. And then Jim Belushi goes to the hospital for some reason. Emil's mom isn't there to fight him, but she's just, he's just alone in the hospital. And he's like, basically, why are you being a bitch? Like you need to go. <laughs> you started this shit. Right. Asked him. I got my ass whooped for nothing. Yeah. yeah. When, he, when he, when he said that I did laugh out loud, <laughs> I, I really did. He's I was like, like, this is pure eighties right here. Yeah, you need to go fight this child. Like, what are you doing? So he goes back to school and he's like talking shit to Victor. Victor, again, this is the second most egregious thing. He has a noose, right? He pulls a noose out, right? Which is, they're saying that he hung Emil from the roof with a noose, even though it was from his foot. That's wild. But then he's basically like, yo, if you come to school tomorrow, I'm going to put you in a body bag. And then, of course, Jim Belushi comes to school. I don't know why he waits until after school, but they wait until school is done and all the kids leave. And then they come in there for some reason. White I'm going to interrupt you for a second. One thing Victor Duncan did, he appreciated everybody else that was trying to get an education. He did not. That's you true. know, if you were there to get your education, he wasn't messing with you. All right. If you that's want to true. make some money, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're competition, if you're, if you're, if you're competition, then he's got to come see you. But if you yeah. just go to, to learn i guess he was like you a nerd and i i don't have time for you so uh <laughs> so he he yeah like they roll up in school somehow white zach jumped bail and is coming back for revenge against somebody somehow uh, white zach jumped <laughs> <laughs> uh lou jr who really has nothing to do in this movie besides just laugh at jim belushi's jokes gets lost like locked in a closet 
for like half of this encounter they're in a they're in a shower stall in a like in the gym bathroom for like nine minutes of like cat and mouse like it's just it, the scene goes on way too long eventually they find him uh victor's like telling his boy to cut jim belushi's throat his boy's like yo you're just trying to get me set up because if i kill him then i'm going down for this so he's like bet i'll just kill you myself so victor shoots his homeboy then one of the interchangeable latino kids jumps out of nowhere and like just like breaks up the fight and then jim belushi just beats victor's ass again for another nine minutes he's just like giving him that work and then throws him out the school and then the movie ends with the immortal line some kid is like yo who do you think you are and he says the principal and then drives off on the motorcycle and that's mm -hmm. this wild ass movie <laughs> 11 minutes all right well you know <laughs> 11 minutes you might start hey. have to shoot for 10 man <laughs> yeah we yeah. don't have to do 10 minutes of, of white bullshit, yeah. but you know so that's that's this movie which is just there's many things that we did not talk about that we will get to but it is crazy not only just the way that because the arc of a lot of these movies right and i i often relate them back to like the the ben stiller or the uh adam sandler comedies of the 90s where it's like this dude who's a terrible person basically just does one good thing and now everybody's like yo we love you now right like they don't change they just do one good thing jim belushi does no good things and he does a lot of terrible things and then but throughout the whole movie radon chong lou gossett jr random interchangeable latino kids are just like yo you're the best principal we've ever had we love you please don't leave you're so great and it's just like but what is he doing besides physically menacing you daily like just throwing kids into class beating kids up like he wanted to wanted to call the cops day one he was just like get the cops in here expel all these kids is i don't know i don't know i know i know sean has a lot of thoughts and feelings no. so i'm just gonna throw it to you what do you what do you feel okay about? okay you gotta under you gotta understand when this movie came out like i like i told y'all before the show started this movie came out two days before my birthday september 15th 1987 it came out two days before my birthday so um I didn't see it in the theater because like, I was just like, no, 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 we're not doing that. And um, it at, ended at up two with, days old. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I, was, I was born in 75. So, you know, I'm old. Like, you know, I was like, shoot, I was about to, I was 11. I was, I was 11 when this movie came out, soon to be 12. And I was just like, nah, we got better things to do. So, you know, um, and so like, I saw it later when it was on HBO, but then like, you know, you don't think about it. Right. And then watching it today, like almost 30 something years later and now taken in the context that like, okay, this is an eighties movie. Okay. This is this eighties movie. This is an eighties action film. Um, it's supposed to be funny in spots, but it still has a serious undertone. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is no comedy. The, you know, there, there, there is no, no comedy. The comedy is very flat, but it's supposed to be an action film. Here's the thing you're dealing, you're, you're still in when this movie came out, you're still in the Reaganomics era, okay? You're still, we're like, we're still dealing with the effects of Ronald Reagan as the president of the United States and all the things that like got put on black people because of that, stereotypes and all. So what you get is you get, what if Reaganomics, D.W. Griffith's The Birth of a Nation and Death Wish put together and had an orgy. That child is the principal. 
you know, because the thing is, is that everybody in this movie is a flat out stereotype, flat out stereotype. They their purpose is to be a stereotype to instill fear. This is why when you watch the movie, when Victor said this was this was filmed in Oakland, I know it's filmed in Oakland mm-hmm. because they never say where they're at. They I thought it never was Chicago. Say where they're at. <laughs> see, see. And that's the whole point. The whole point of this movie, this movie's also kind of propaganda ish in a lot of ways. Because they want to continue to instill that fear of this is every black and minority neighborhood in America. And it's that xenophobia shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we hit up on all these stereotypes and we go to the extreme with it. And people believe and, and like people still get in the back of their heads like this. This is every bad school. Yeah. Like, you know, where I grew up, you know, like schools was all right. Not everything. And like even when like our, our sports teams, are, you know, went to like other cities. Even the worst, even the worst town schools wasn't that bad. And it was like, no. these schools was all black. You know, we drive up to Lima, Ohio. That was the worst spot of all the team, all the schools we would go to. And we were still all right. Like mm-hmm. they make this school like look like a demilitarized zone. Yeah. Okay. I got, I got, I'm going to play uh, Cracker's Advocate. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm an educator. This was a continuation school, right? Yeah. And so that's why I can believe, like I, we were talking about it earlier. I can't separate this movie from the time it was filmed in West Oakland, right? So right. it was filmed in 1987. Well, no, released in 1987, right? So that means, let's say a year and a half of filming, maybe a year of filming. So 1986, right? Right. This, like, Oakland was really at a transition period because we had just lost our drug kingpin. And so, like, it was rough, right? And so that's why, like, when I looked at it, and I was like, I saw ZZ Top selling drugs to black kids, right? <laughs> and so I was like, all right, this makes sense because everybody was jockeying for powers at the time. They might have been Hell's Angels, right? right. Uh, it would have made more sense if they was on motorcycles being Hell's Angels. And that looked right. like, I guess that was crack. But, I mean, I don't know what exactly what crack looked like. It looked like a bunch of, like, beads. And, it, yes. and I just know that was a lot of money that got uh, put on the ground. But then, like, just to come back to his continuation school, so they said they've been kicked out of every school. So that's what makes me believe it's a place like Dewey or somewhere in Oakland. And so, like, I can kind of see why the school looks like, you know, the worst place in the world. I know they added a little salt to it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can see why there's no football team, right, why the gym is in disrepair. Um, because a- People are just coming there to get their uh, GED or, uh, you know, just to get out of school and whatnot. Nah. But, um, you know, I, I agree with everything with the tropes and stuff like that. He was, uh, it's it's funny uh, watching him, like, roll through, which black person growing up in the Bay Area are historical landmarks, right? Yeah. Him driving down San Pablo Avenue. I was like telling y'all that was a famous host role, right? Like, that's if you were pimping, that's where you go to test your pimping. Like sunset in LA, right? <laughs> That's where you're like, oh, you really pimping now? You if you ain't pimping on sunset, where you pimping, right? If you're not pimping on San Pablo, where is you pimping, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm just walking down there. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see this. I see this. And seeing all the neighborhoods and stuff. And um, some stuff was true to form. It would like if it was the worst school and everybody went there, it would look like I don't want to say diverse, but that diverse, right? Uh, right. A large uh, Hispanic population, large African American population, and then some dingy white kids yes yeah and and you know i mean like you know bay area has a large uh asian population as well and there was just oh like... you would have saw a bunch of cambodians and they would have been one of the most feared gangs in there because those <laughs> cambodians would just came over 
uh, at the time. And, you know, they were fleeing civil war. And so when they got to America, they, you know, they, they had seen atrocities, right? Yeah. Historical atrocities. And they come to Oakland, they, you know, we got knives. And they're like, (laughs) (laughs) knives? (laughs) I might get stabbed. (laughs) Right. Well, look, I mean, we we know off top, everybody in this movie is. (laughs) So, like, just let's let's talk about that element first, right? Because that that was something that was just so wild to me. Again, say it again, right? Like the the lead actor, Michael Wright, who's playing Victor Duncan in this movie is is two years younger than Jim Belushi. You know, like it's crazy to see him. I, how old do you suppose he's supposed to be in this movie? He, I, I'm thinking he's supposed to be maybe 19, 20, maybe, maybe because the, the thing is like, there's also that age, the age limit, no matter what school, once you hit a certain age and if you can't get to where you're supposed to be, yep. you're gone. Okay. Right. But so like, I was thinking maybe 1920 yeah. and, and like, I even let it like, and I even let it slide because when, now when you're a kid in the eighties and you see this, You'd be like, oh, okay, it's a rough school. So people guys gotta be rough, tough. And so like they're gonna be like, you know, these kids gotta be big and strong. Yeah. You know, when you're kid, you think that you think that now you're older, you're like, oh, do y'all doing y'all come on, man? Like, <laughs> all these cats is 25, 30, 35, 40. Come on, fam. Right. Even the youngest one that can't read look like he's 25. Okay. <laughs> like, like I can see through all of this, like. Like the big brother at the end that like was fighting with Lou Gossett Jr. and Lou Gossett Jr. Yeah. threw him over the stairwell. He looked like a member of full force. He does. So <laughs> I thought it was. Actually. You know what I mean? You see? <laughs> see? Yeah. Jerry, Jerry Curl, Curl and all. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, no, the Jerry Curl budget was immaculate. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. And then that scene has a whole thing. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, maybe it's on the West Coast because there's a lot of Jerry Curls. Yep. There was a lot of Jerry Curls. So I was like, maybe it is the West Coast. You know what I mean? So I was like, if we had Jerry Curls in the Midwest when I grew up in the Midwest, we had them too. Okay. I had them in the 90s, though. <laughs> Late 80s, early 90s, though. You're right. Late 80s, early right. 90s. That's when we got it. But y'all had it on lock way before. Okay. You know, y'all had S Curl on lock way before. Woo, the prequel, don't talk about it. The, the prequel <laughs> and, and the whole nine. Y'all had it way before the rest of us. And that's on that reel. All right. Everybody looks so damn old in this movie. And this is just this. Once again, this is just things studios did in the 80s. One, that way you didn't have to hire kids. Uh, so, like, you don't have to worry about, you know, the, the, the child labor laws and, and hiring right. younger kids. Um, but then also it continues to feed stereotypes to audiences that when your white child goes to this black school or this Latino school, look at how big and menacing these kids are. You need to protect your children. Like it, and it enforces that stereotype all the way down, whether it's intentional or not. Yeah. That's what it does. Uh, we got to start thinking of the mind frame. We all, we all know, like there's always intention. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There's always yes. intention. Yes. We have, they have to tell us there was no intention. Like they have to show us there. Mm-hmm. Like everything I'm watching, I'm like, Nah, <laughs> y'all did that on purpose. Yeah, and they might not be conscious of it, but yeah, like you said, you seeing these big, big kids <laughs> with like bad forty-year-old skin, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. the thing. Like Donald Faison was like twenty-five playing Clues, right? And you couldn't right. tell me nothing because Donald Faison, like, we 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 didn't see it, right? Right. So, all Stacey Dash, all of them, they were they were they were in their mid-20s and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. we just couldn't see it. 
but like this one was like egregious yes yeah yes well because if you go on to just any review site right like if you go on to imdb if you go on to amazon or whatever you'll see a lot of wild reviews that we'll get to later but you'll also see a consistent thread throughout is like i was in that movie oh yo i love the principal because i was in that movie and what 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 had happened was they got a lot of the local gangs to just be kids in the movie and then just like a lot of other just whoever was kind of around right like they yeah. just kind of inscripted people in the neighborhood into the film so like a lot of those kids that you're seeing walking around are legit just like whoever was around and they just pulled them in as extras in the film because when you see some of those classroom scenes are wild because there really is all of these movies right when you talk about this when you talk about um the substitute when you talk about dangerous minds like there's always like three or four kids that look like they're really there just to learn and I'm just like, what is that school experience like for you? Because you, I, why are you coming to school, first of right. all, if you're really trying to get an education? Because like all of these kids seem to just be in the hallways or like doing illicit, like props to the girl selling weed in the bathroom. First of all, it looked like she had everything pre-rolled, which is like yes. next yes. level for selling weed out the bathroom. But also like she had like a whole like, system set up like that was like almost a legit store she had running out of that stall and like mm -hmm. if kids have time to do that you know, <laughs> you know yeah. like why why are you even here like i get right. that it's probably like a good front for whatever business you're trying to run but like it is no, crazy popping like I, I, look here, they, popping. Had, they had five ghetto blasters to eat for right <laughs> Uh, they was having dance parties and the thing. Like before yeah. he got there, school was fun as shit. Like, they were right just there. making out in the hallway. People were yeah. just like this close to getting it in. I'm sure if you came into the bathroom at the wrong time, you probably saw some things. And nah. we was raised around this time, right? Uh, you know, like I, I was, I was a little kid, but you know, it, it looked it, and you know, you wasn't doing that at home. You know, You're right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, I went to school to party, baby. Right. <laughs> But that's so that's the thing about Jim Belushi, right? Like he comes into this school and his whole plan for making these kids want to learn and like bettering their lives is like, what if I just beat the shit out of you? Like, what if yeah. I just like came yeah. up on like me, though, like not even just like in a in a theoretical sense, like literally I just rolled up on you and just started beating your ass. Like, that's the yeah. first thing he does is he beats up two kids and then tries to get them expelled and it's like i don't under like that's that was probably the hardest thing about this movie for me right because obviously jim belushi is supposed to be trash right like that's kind of the where the movie starts you like you're supposed to and i don't even know right because here here's the thing i'm pretty sure there's a subsection of people who watch this movie who have the the wraparound sunglasses and the visors and are like that's me right like, that's, <laughs> i want to do that like there's right. a section of 40 year old washed white dude it's the same dude who's like at every mass shooting well if i was there with my gun right and it's like you would have died too right <laughs> that's what would have happened so you know like the whole idea because this movie is basically if you put homer simpson in the warriors and he just beat everybody's ass because i can't imagine jim belushi who looks like he can't even go up two flights of stairs in this movie. Like he looks like he'd have a hard time with any kind of cardio putting in the kind of work that he put. I mean, white Zach, 
<laughs> he beat White Zach's ass and threw him into a trash can. Right. That's crazy. Right. Like, I, All right. I, <laughs> so, not to defend uh, White Zach, but it's just like how. <laughs> but these are like different time white guys where they were like bar fights were legal. Like, yeah. we, we saw that he ripped up that bar and was allowed to go back. And then yeah. fucked it up again, right? And right. Like, you know, that's Ricky. You know, he, he's somebody right. fucking the bar. <laughs> right. Like, I had right, this right. old counselor at the Boys and Girls Club who, like, that's all he did was he was missing teeth. He had false teeth because that's what he did. He got into bar fights and shit like that. Hmm. And y'all know right now that unless he's a D Division One athlete that does Muay Thai, ain't no eighteen year old <laughs> kid whooping your ass, right? Right. Right. With a bad back, two bad knees, right? <laughs> High <laughs> blood pressure and shit. <laughs> Ain't no 18-year-old kid whooping your ass. So while the fight scenes were terrible, <laughs> I believe bar fight Jim Belushi got a, a few more notches under his belt fighting grown men than White Zach and Emil, who Emil, yes. well, it, Emil would have been a Division One football player. <laughs> yes, right. That child yeah. was big, right? Um, yeah, he was big, yeah. They had to jump. They had to jump Emil because he was with the shit. He just didn't want to kill nobody. Like, that's right. where he drew the line. Right. I, I beat up the teacher who I, who I didn't have a problem with, right? I was yeah. like, yeah, he roughed me up a little bit, but, I mean, he tried, you know, he's trying. Right. And so, like, they had to jump his ass. They probably did the same thing, you know, let him around the corner and then threw him through a roof. But, um, yeah, no, I believe Jim Belushi's whooping up. I mean, he's got 16, old. 17, eight-year-olds, right? Yeah, he's, right. He's, got, he's got old man strength. Like yeah, that's, yes. he's got that, but it's just like they had knives, though. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, hey, man. Hey, at a certain point, that's gonna stop. You don't know how to use a knife, right? Like if you just jabbing at me, that's still a jab, right? <laughs> no, no. He, like Jim Belushi uses old man strength when Victor like pointed a knife at him and then handed him the knife. Like, remember, this is my school, not yours, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. And like Jim Belushi took the knife as like Victor walked away and like he snapped the knife. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. That's a cheap hold ass on knife. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One, that's a cheap ass knife. And two, you didn't cut yourself. And remember, you had already cut yourself after tearing up that lawyer's Porsche. Because I remember he, yeah. I saw me like he looked at his hand like, wow, I didn't cut myself. This, this is a shock, you know. Yeah. And like he shook his hand a little bit. No, I didn't cut myself. Wow. But I was just like, now hold on now. Now hold on. Let's. You can't, you don't have old man, you don't have Lou Gossett Jr. old man strength. Okay. Now let's yeah. keep it a buck. Okay. Lou Gossett Jr. Done, has looked 65 since 1983. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's keep it a buck. So, like, no one knows how old, I mean, I know, I mean, I just look, I know how old Lou Gossett Jr. is, but like, we never really know how old Lou Gossett Jr. is. No. So, I'm just waiting for him this whole movie. I'm like, eventually he's going to show me old man strength. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. this is all I might know. And we was walking around with them chains. I thought he was going to be somebody with some chains. I right. was waiting on because I was just like, oh, this is about to be some real black shit right here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, um, but he didn't get to whoop nobody with no chains, but he threw white Zach through that window. Yeah. I fell yeah. the fuck out. And because yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, white Zach gets no love in this movie at all. And he shouldn't, oh, yeah. especially, yeah. especially for that, for that, you know, that rape scene. Never mind the fact that nobody paid attention to the fact when he put that mask on, he had painted a majority of his face black, especially around the eyes and mouth, to make it seem that he was a black dude. Because yep. he also had on gloves. So when he was, so when Belushi took that mask off, I'm like, I was, oh, whoop his ass, whoop his <laughs> ass, whoop his ass. Just in case somebody sees me, they can blame it on one of these people. Yeah, it's right. black. Uh, it, was, it was black Zach. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
well, that was like yeah nah, it was it was wild the whole time but it's like yeah that scene i was like oh okay we i don't remember this as a child i blocked a lot of stuff <laughs> out right <laughs> well right. we have we have to give both lugasa and ray dong chong our <laughs> because they are you know like yeah. color purple right you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give that to Ray, and then Lugasa just a lot of things, right? Like he is a terrific actor, who man, is Lugasa Junior. Been in like fifty eleven movies. Like yeah. this, this man has been at the pinnacle of like the off, like an officer and a gentleman, to like the like, hey, we gonna do our version of Top Gun, Iron Eagle. Like yeah. he like floats through the cosmos from like A film to Z film. Mm-hmm. To then ended up being in like you know Watchmen, the Watchmen miniseries on HBO, which he was fantastic in. Yeah, he was fantastic in that. But like he float, he just has continued to float across the spectrum. I remember one time um, when I was married years ago, and we saw a Tyler Perry movie, and uh, whew, and it was a uh, Why did I get married? Two, okay, two. and oh, because like I hadn't seen the first one. I was like, I don't need to. I was just like, I can pick up the vibe. I'll be okay. <laughs> And like late in the movie, you see Lugasa Jr. and like his characters with like his wife and like they're throwing like the, the balloon candles that like float in the air and whatnot. And this is the first time Louis Gossett Jr. looked old to me. Mm. You know what I mean? Because besides, yeah. he's always looked the same. He's yeah. always yeah. looked the same. All right. And that was the first time he looked old to me. I, I like, and that's the first time I questioned, like, man, we man, we getting old, ain't we? <laughs> oh man, our time, our, our time on earth is short. Like, you know, like Luke Gossett Jr. looks old now. Like, you know, how much time we got left on this planet? You know, I really started to be concerned. Yeah. But um, but like just you're right, though. It's just like between Louis Gossett Jr., Ray Don Chong, and even Michael Wright, like, and like I said, um, baby, aka Theo's friend on the last two seasons of the Cosby show, like these cats are skilled actors and actresses, yep. like they're skilled. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing in this movie? I mean, I can't even really imagine there was a bag to be had because, like, the budget's only eleven million dollars. Right. So I know well, a know, chunk we, of we that. Put everything back in eighties, right? First of all, this is Jim Belushi, right? Right. That's what right, I'm right, right. Yeah. Right. But some of that bag went to Jim Belushi. Like Jim Belushi's oh. getting the majority of whatever that acting budget is. But so, in a movie with Jim Belushi, right? There's a lot of people in this movie that still work and have good work great yeah. work on their you know on their resumes and i'm like y'all survived this and i yeah. find that to be utterly amazing right to be <laughs> honest with you i find that to be amazing that of all these people truly survived this really bad movie like and the thing is i love bad movies i do <laughs> but like i automatically got thrown out the movie automatically when the movie starts, first off, the movie when the movie starts, and you get like the font, the black screen with the font, it's like Jim Belushi, yeah. Blues, Gossip Jr. And like you got like, you know, it's like bluesy song, it's white bluesy mm-hmm. song. And I'm like, why don't y'all just play bad to the bone and just get this shit over with? Because that's what y'all want to play. That's right. what y'all truly want to play. Y'all want to play bad to the bone, which by the way, is 2021. And really thinking about that song, I laugh at that shit now because this motherfucker back in the day, when he sang that song, he really thought he was doing something when he sang that song. <laughs> he really thought he was doing something back then, didn't he? And we and everybody just let that shit ride for 30 years. I'm laughing at that shit now. I don't ever want to hear that song again. Anyway, Mans is in the bar, drunk, drunk off his ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, I got I, I I I could I could get you one right here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know. But but like like um, he's, he's, drunk, he's drunk off his he's drunk off his ass and i'm just like okay so this is our hero so like this will become the redemption story you know as he puts out the fire on the drink with his hand and he's drunk with his drunk buddies and the wife comes in and he's just like oh see i told you she'd come back i told you she'd come back first off okay listen this is like the laziest plot structure device ever like a black screenwriter could not get away with this shit only tyler perry could get away with this shit because he is the only one who writes his stuff because he won't let <laughs> nobody else write it the wife comes into a seedy bar. First off, who the fuck is eating in a seedy ass bar? I don't give a damn how good the food is. If I can't see five feet in front of me, why am I going back to the same place that my ex always go to? Well, look, I mean, I'm going to assume that whatever she got from that divorce was not a lot because my man was putting Coke in mm -hmm. chocolate milk. Right. No, and that's fine. And that's fine. And then we will talk about that shit too. That's fine. I understand that. I understand that the money wasn't there. Okay. I, and that's fine. But how are you going to meet the lawyer who got money that's at true. the CD place where your ex is? I'm like, you're just trying to start, like, y'all just trying to start trouble. Like, y'all both really just looking on some codependency shit right now. Yeah. And this ain't healthy for nobody. All right. No. My, what I didn't like is how um, Jim Belushi described her as beautiful. <laughs> I, 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 she was in 50s beautiful 60s 70s 80s hell no no Eight, late 80s beautiful no. no and he was like yeah look at her still looks good to this day and then i was like maybe it's the lighting in this cd bar as you say uh mm. they're playing pool in the back though uh maybe yeah. it was the lighting and then the daytime he ran up on her which yeah. her jeep was actually really really nice uh that was the best part of the whole movie that uh <laughs> jeep. uh yeah, and cool. i was like oh this is this is who you um vandalism uh he vandalized a porsche yes yeah he beat the shit out of the porsche yes and went to work the next day a yeah. porsche of a lawyer and she had money right because her remember her pops got him the job at um That's so true. her pops was a, a high up educator so he got he should have got money from the divorce because alimony was really popping back then in the 80s and stuff like that. It went both ways. Yes, yes, yes. California is very progressive. Like, no, no, you make the most money, uh, woman. So you're going to pay him. <laughs> I well, guess his pride wouldn't let him take alimony mm, from his nah. wife. <laughs> I guess nah. not. Yeah, well, so I just, I want to, I want to touch on two important lines that Jim Belushi says in this movie because that like when he said it he was definitely telling on himself and I don't think they knew what he was saying when he said it but I picked up on it immediately and both times I was just like what's happening here so we see <laughs> uh there's there's some interaction he's having with Lugasa Jr. where they're kind of you know talking about like like why are you doing this right and somebody tells him uh Oh no, it's one of the kids. One of the kids tells him to go back to your suburban white bread life. And he under his breath is like, I can't. Right. right. But what he's really saying is, I wish I could. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if, if that was a choice, I definitely right. wouldn't be here. Like I would get out of here immediately. Right. So like yeah. he's he's positioned as like, yo, he really cares about these kids. He's here for these kids. He's trying to do what's best for them. But in a heartbeat, if he didn't have to be here with these kids and he could right. just go back to doing whatever, he would just dip out and not even like take the time. Crackers uh, advocate again. Uh, <laughs> I mean, y'all y'all said earlier, like, on it. how do they like him? And I was like, again, educator, if you show up repeatedly, <laughs> you win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> like, honestly, and if it, 
the funny part is seemed like the majority of the kids wasn't involved in any of this shit, right? No, they really sure. just came to school to either go to class because her class was full before you like she like like she had they were talking about I was getting through to these kids, right? Yeah, I was getting through to them. So a lot of them came to do this, right? Yeah. And the other ones came to party and stuff like that. But if you stand up because the school was ruled by fear because uh, either you was with Victor or, you know, you get snuffed and it, Victor wasn't scared to put in work. So, you know, he was beating the hell out of people. Yeah. He shot dude in the head without a second thought. No. <clears throat> and so, uh, like I'm saying, he showed up and he didn't like at the beginning, he was filling out. Remember when you had to look for jobs in the newspaper? Mm. That's wild. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them circled. And then, like, one, he was just like, all right, I'm going to do this because I ain't got nothing better to do, right? Yeah. I might as well clean up these kids. And since I'm not going to have to go to any school board meetings for beating the dog shit out of your <laughs> child, right? I, I pretty much get free reign. I'm a teacher anyway. No yeah. one chooses a teacher. Like, no one falls into teaching like, hey, you know what? <laughs> they ain't hiring at the post office. I might as well go for the well, teacher. Right? <laughs> let me tell you my favorite line of this movie, right? He, Radon Chong is out. Out. she should never come back to this school it's unclear whether or not she does we're going to talk about that in a minute because that was wild but Jim Belushi comes in he's teaching her class one of the kids says you can't do that you're the principal and then another kid follows up with yeah that's illegal what is, ha- what is happening? Like, I hope they just let those kids ad lib. And that was like what they had for the day was just like, you can't be the principal and teach a class. Uh, but mm. the, the other the other thing that Jim Belushi says, which is, again, telling on himself, he's having this uh, argument with one of the kids. I want to say it's either he's I think he might be talking to Victor um, and like Victor's like, yeah, basically just I'm like, just, come on, dude. Like, if you keep coming back, I'm I'm going to kill you. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what's going to come to. And he says something like, if you quit, that means I let you quit, which means I quit too. Right. Which again, no, he was talking to the girl. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Girl, he's yeah, talking. Yeah, he's yeah. talking to the girl who I mean, I, I don't even know what that character was, but he was talking to her. And basically, again, what he's getting to is Oh, this is about me though right like not about y'all like if if i mm-hmm. fuck this up for me then like i'm i'm down bad so i can't have right. that but like you know once i'm out of here then y'all can do whatever it is y'all doing but for for me you know i'm invested in this as much as it involves my like future as maybe not even as a teacher but just as somebody who's who's getting money right so like he multiple times throughout this movie is basically like, look, I'm here because I got to be here. I don't really want to be here. Like, I, I get what you're saying, Victor, in the sense of like that school, who really wants to be there? That school looks wild. Like I if I had other options, I doubt I would be coming to that school every day. But at the same time, like he's he's supposed to because the movie's positioning him as this heroic figure who's really he loves these kids it's coming from his heart like he's he's doing this for their benefit even though again literally all he's doing he's not instituting you know better classes or better like uh he's not trying to get funding for the school he's not trying to raise money for a football team he's not all he's doing is beating their ass like that's really it that's his whole educational philosophy is like maybe if you just are too sore to (laughs) to talk back 
then, then the you'll sit and in listen. Me is like fucking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it's like all right. We we when you get the education, when you get in any field, right? If you do community service, right? Mm-hmm. You do anything with your heart. You do it in an altruistic value, right? Yeah. Like nobody like one of the one of the big um, rhetorics is that we've heard for years, right? Since we were children, teachers don't get paid money, and it's reason why. Like we say this, right? Everybody knows this, right? Don't go right. into teaching, teachers gonna be paid money. Cause if you go into it, you go into it for some altruistic thing, right? And if you go teach at the black school or the poor school, you are you have your uh, Michelle Pfeiffer complex, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I know I work, I personally chose to go work at the poor school, not because I'm gonna save these kids, is for two reasons. I'm mm-hmm. gonna have the best conversation with kids, even though I'm in Albuquerque, I tell the kids, I was like, we basically grew up in the same neighborhood, uh, all hood USA, right? Mm-hmm. So we basically grew up in the same neighborhood. I wanna work here because y'all gonna, we gonna have more in common than if I go work in the school with all the, you know, the the radiators that aren't you know hanging from the ceiling and yeah. the, the 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 water stains aren't in the tiles. I got a funny story about that. And so um <laughs> you you come there to work there and you you know you're not getting paid more. Uh some places if you work at a title nine school you get a little bump in pay, but it's not worth it, right? So you you right. do it you do it from the heart, right? He he had a change of heart and thing. And again, we can agree to disagree. I agree with everything y'all say, but he kind of like, you don't get up at six in the morning just to save your life, right? Right, right, right. right. And and then first of all, you have to break down like the army does. I have to break this whole school down before I can implement stuff. I yeah. can't implement a football team the first year where I got to get the dr- the drug kingpin of this area out right. of here. Right. right. <laughs> he didn't right. just run the school, right? <laughs> Right. Which is because wild too, because that's, yeah. I mean, that was the thing, this movie and uh, me and Cameron watched the substitute, but we haven't, we haven't done an episode for it yet, but both of those movies, it's like, so you're, you're telling me that the drug pinkin of this area, not the school, but the air, the area that they live in is some teenage kid who's like, got the plug and is like moving weight, not only just in the school in the substitute, it is like the the principal of the school is also in on it um but this is like so you're telling me that victor is like because he's having a meeting with those other drug dealers like yeah like we're all equals you know what i mean like not like yo i'm here because i'm this dude's little man and i'm you know moving drugs at the school on his behalf it's like no we're all in this as equal drug dealing (laughs) enterprises and i'm just like but you're allegedly 19 years old so i have questions about how check it check it it. i got you for oh got you on that answer right so we we took crips and bloods out this movie right so only places that was really popping in the 80s as far as real murders were super impoverished right Right. And we think of like Gary, Indiana and stuff like that when all the jobs moved. Right. But mm-hmm. they had it was murder per capita. Right. It right. was really bad. But this was the 80s. And the reason why the Bay Area is really bad. I told you about the vacuum and power and stuff like that. There wasn't people killing like our rap music today tells us. Right. 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 Everybody got bodies and stuff like that. King Von was, a, you know, these guys are like these guys were really the the value of life. We we we, we cherished it more. So you had Victor. Who didn't cherish life? No. It wasn't a second thought to kill his partner, right? Nope. He nope. shot him in the freaking head, and like, yep. 
Yeah. I don't care how close – he was actually very close, right? He's still shotting dead center in the forehead. Right. He's got skills with the tool, right? right <laughs> yes. Right. So if yes. you're down to murder, you are the kingpin of the area. <laughs> it doesn't matter because you're down to murder. It didn't seem like this was his first murder. That Like, oh, bruh, who said no. I'm not going to kill him, that seemed like it would have been his first murder. Emilio right. didn't want to commit his first murder. Mm-hmm. Le- Leon <laughs> Victor yeah, yeah. was putting people to go murder people. Right. He didn't have a problem with murder. If you do not have a problem with murder with the 80s, right? Even right. at this time in the 80s, you were running a small area because it's like, well, <laughs> or <laughs> you can catch this uh this uh this <laughs> lesson. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty handy with the steel. He didn't yes. have a chopper, right? <laughs> like yeah. this was before the automatic weapons hit the neighborhood, right? Yes. So one gun with six shots and you can hit. Oh, yeah, no, nah, he was running everything. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then they said, if you work for Victor, you can go see the world. Like, they said that in the thing. Like, you get everything you want to. You wasn't just petty selling and stuff like that. You you got you a Mustang 5.0. Right? Then, why, <laughs> then my question is, why is Victor at school? It seems like he's got better things to do. Well, because that's they show fun. up to school every day. <laughs> Yo, you know he gets to he gets to run the roost. He gets to recruit. Like who's going I to guess stop so. him? You know what I mean? Like, like then that's the whole thing. Like so, and once again, it pushes into that whole thing of like that's why we got all these old people, older black people, and older people of color being the bad guys to reinforce these stereotypes, yeah. uh, to reinforce stereotypes. You know, and and to scare people and scare white folks that watch these movies. I guess just the the last two things I want to talk about. If you guys have more things after this, like feel free to to jump in. But we talked a little bit about this before it came on. The music in this movie is wild. I don't really understand yeah, what we're doing here. Mm. I get what we're doing here in the sense that this is probably like what Jim Belushi rides around on, like when he's when he's jamming in his car. But it is just like the most because like the only song I recognized was "Set It Off." And I right, don't know. Right, right. If, it was yanking too. <laughs> yes, it yeah. was. It hit at the right time. It got me back into the movie. But it's also like it was actually a perfect song because he did set it off. And <laughs> it was just like it was, it was, it was, I was having fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a good montage. Okay. I played that in the movie theater. I was like, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> well, because the thing is, I don't know if any of these other songs are actual songs or just songs that were made for this movie, right? Like, one I don't know. Was, one of them was real, but remember, this is back in the time where licensing didn't cost that much money. Yes. Right? That's yeah. why we don't have movies with original. Remember, we used to have soundtracks when that oh, was the best mm-hmm. part of the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Like, a Blue Streak soundtrack was hella good with Jay Z, the uh, Yo. Yo. girl's best friend. Oh, like, yes. that soundtrack was cover to cover. But they yeah. stopped doing that. Not like from like the late, from the mid to late 80s to like almost 2000. Like, if you had a black movie, didn't matter whether your movie was good or bad, that soundtrack was going to be fire. Yep. Fire. Period. Mo Money is an awful fucking movie. But guess what? Jimmy Jam and Terry <laughs> Lewis produced a bomb ass soundtrack for it. Yep. The first Batman. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got Prince doing his thing. Yeah. For whatever reason though, Prince. this movie was yeah. like I just don't I don't understand what was happening here because they would like cut to just continual scenes of Jim Belushi listening to like the most generic like 80s rock anthem yeah. riding his dusty ass yeah. motorcycle because, wherever he was going because it's all working man 
type stuff because I, I guess the common, so. he's the common man like that's 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 the thing that's really trying to pull across i'm like they're really trying to pull across so many things with jim belushi's character and none of it comes off very well like the only thing that comes off well like victor said is that like he really does care about the kids even though he has the most unorthodox way of going about it but the and the only other reason why he cares is because this is where like you said where else am i gonna go yeah where else where else am i gonna go like i need this job yeah, he should go to the grocery store because apparently he has only two <laughs> things of Coors Light that he pours into a chocolate milk. I want to see. I, I would like to know how long this movie actually takes place in movie time. Right? Was it a few months? Because that first principal check would have been <laughs> right. Principals make money, right? I mean, yeah, even that first principal check, he'd have been eating. Uh, he he would have had at least uh, some milk for his oval teeth and stuff like that. Right. I don't know what he was doing with his. Oh, he well, was drinking with. He was drinking well, he, with money, sir. You could. <laughs> he you did have money. He did have money because, like, after Emil, aka Baby, got thrown through the top the top of the roof window, and he went to go see him at the hospital. And like he, and like he, no, it was before he it was, it was okay. He went to see him at the hospital after he got drunk, right? Because like he had like seventeen shot glasses stacked the fuck up. Yep. So he has he has some principal money up in there because like right. ain't nobody gonna let him keep a tab like that if he gonna keep buck wilding in that bar. Right. Mm-hmm. That's you true. Know. You know, I mean, white folks get away with a lot of things, but like they ain't gonna let you get away with a big ass bar tab. <laughs> <laughs> they will collect. Please believe they will collect. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> nah, I, I, uh, <laughs> well, the other movie was like hella wild I, again, but I thoroughly enjoyed it because it was a sense of like this was the beginning of white savior teacher films, right? Think about mm-hmm. what came after. This. Lean on me came after this, yep. right? At least that's based on a true story, though. At least it's based on a true story. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you see, it's damn near the same story, though. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like you used to call me crazy, Joe. Now we call me Batman. Oh, we had yeah. Morgan Freeman teaching at the affluent of affluent school, right? <laughs> and he's teaching there, saving these white kids, right? Yep. <laughs> from a from a life of mediocrity and upper middle class, right? This black man was teaching these crap, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, hey, you know what? And this is this was the opposite, right? He was so good at um teaching white kids they was like hey man we want you to come save this school right and mm-hmm. he was like do i get to do whatever the hell i want to right that was yep. the intriguing part to him because yes. like you know he had to go through the metamorphosis he was in the he, he was in a mirror throwing punches and shit he was like "Ooh, i'm gonna kiss these little nigglets <laughs> he's like oh they about to learn bro and, and he came into school put chains on the door came with a bat you know made him change the national anthem <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and it is is like you got to look at that is that a white savior right <laughs> i mean he, he's trying to save them because but you're right after this is 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 that it's it's the substitute is well, 187 with um what's the name with samuel jackson 187 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coach coach carter well so let's let's transition into the behind the scenes of this movie it's not crazy but there's some crazy things right so uh this movie again comes out in 1987 um it has a budget of 11 million dollars box office is 19.7 million dollars here's something that i it took me a minute to put this together and i really didn't even put it together until i saw somebody discussing it somewhere else the director of this movie is christopher kane Mm -hmm. you may know him as dean kane's father 
So he's Dean Cain's adopted father, which oh. is probably telling me a lot about why Dean Cain is the way he is now. <laughs> I think I think I get it if your dad is directing this movie. And subsequent other the only other movie that you'll probably know Christopher Kane for is the Karate Kid too. No, like no Christopher Kane also directed Young Guns. He yeah, he did Young Guns, he did the next Karate Kid, and then everything else has been pretty mid. Uh wait a minute, I the can't... next karate kid? Oh, that was with uh whatchamacallit, not not Machio, but the uh yeah, um, the, the uh, one lady, uh, Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank, Swank was Swank, the yeah. next Karate Kid. Yep. Holy cow! Woo. Yeah, uh, the rest of his his resume is kind of like I I don't know any of these movies, but so <laughs> <laughs> so that's great to VHS. That, so here's 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 where this gets not more wild, but it is just a very interesting thing where you just start to look down at how this movie was received because in terms of like the reviews for it, people were kind of like, what's happening here? You know, like it wasn't a movie that people loved, although uh, I believe Roger Ebert did give it three stars, which is more stars than I would have <laughs> imagined. <laughs> but uh, he was like, yeah, this, you know, it's it's improbable. It's wild. You know, Jim Belushi's doing a lot of crazy things, but he enjoyed the action and the over the top nature of it and like seemingly thought it was, you know, not a great movie, but he he I mean, he hated like Stargate, you know, and stuff like that. But apparently the principal was kind of like almost the jam. Right. So we, we talk about this a lot because these are maybe not metrics to judge these movies in terms of like overall popularity, but these are all kind of like user based places that are giving you feedback for it. Right. And so if you go over to the IMDB page, this movie has a 6.3 out of 10, which sounds low, but it's still pretty high for IMDB. You know, 6.3 is like not, up there up there but it's, it's nowhere near the bottom and that's out of 9.6 thousand reviews if you go over to the amazon page for it right usually these movies get five stars this one has four and a half stars so a little a little bit off but the thing about it is that this movie wasn't really a movie that hit in theaters but did definitely hit in the aftermarket right like it was a movie that was on tv all the time it was a movie that people watched on vhs or probably got from blockbuster or whatever your rental place of choice was probably watched it at the cousin's house probably came on you know basic cable at some point where you could kind of just sit down and, and check it out during the afternoon so this movie was pretty prevalent right like it wasn't something that came out and then was gone and nobody ever saw it again right like this right, movie right. was something that kind of lingered after the fact. And like you were talking about, Victor was kind of like the impetus for so many of these other movies. Cause they were like, well, people didn't hate it. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like maybe if we keep tweaking the formula, like we could just keep, keep coming back to it. So I want to read you guys some of these reviews, <laughs> uh, or some of these places. Cause it is just like, I, what movie we're watching different movies. So this is from IMDb. <laughs> IMDb, one of the reviews, the principal is a good movie to watch on a Sunday morning or a late, late cable. We get a badass characters and some kick-ass fighting sequences. I even wanted to behave. <laughs> I even wanted to behave like Rick or Jake. I also wanted to speak like in the ghetto, you know. 
<laughs> Another review. You can't help but like this movie. Why? Because it has all the elements that make for an excellent story. I've always liked James, James Belushi or Jim Belushi, but hadn't figured out why until I first saw The Principal. Then it hit me while watching the first minutes of this one. He is a really good actor with a range that is missing in many of this new generation of actors. Another review. Yeah, the stereotypes are abound, but when you think about it, it isn't too far off the mark, except that the reality is probably a lot worse. I prefer to think of the characters as caricatures rather than stereotypes. It has some good messages and is a positive movie done tastefully. And for that alone, it deserves a good recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> An easy 7 out of 10, even though uh, they actually gave it 8 out of 10 stars. If you go to Amazon, boy... Uh, this one is from a user named Teddy, which says, Life messages don't get no better than this movie. Jim Belushi hits this movie in a big way for the better. He gets the job done as a principal at this rundown drug-infested high school. He gets the students to believe in themselves, that they can do it if they want to, and some do, and some don't. But it goes to show that what a student can do no matter where or where they are in life or where they come from. It touched me. It really did. I wish our schools around me here had a principal that cared like they do in this movie. Yes. Uh, Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah. the last one is from Gary uh, on, on, <laughs> on Amazon, Gary. who says, I love this film. A teacher that's been dealt a bad hand and turns a negative into a positive, be it somewhat done the hard way. It wouldn't happen like this in the United Kingdom. <laughs> what do you mean dealt a bad hand he did the shit to himself not this according to fault. not according to gary gary what planet you living on fam the uk apparently because he's like this that shit I wouldn't happen so. over here dealt a bad hand <laughs> what do you mean by dealt a bad hand you mean he got put with black people is that what you're trying to say so these movies like we were talking about they perpetuate even if they're not big box office successes right like they're seen over and over again at typically like a younger and impressionable age, right? Like you're seeing this movie when you're 13, 14 years old and now it's nostalgia for you and you're watching it again. You're like, oh yeah, I love Jim Belushi. Like look at him go in there and beat up those kids and like get that school together and like do all this, like that's my dude. Like I wanna be Jim Belushi, right? You see all these kids getting the teacher's faces and you're like, man, if that was me, right? <laughs> Jim Belushi was, Man, if that was me. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and you see what happens. Like, I've had to have a conversation with kids. Like, one kid was like, what if happened? Because I, I work with I work with those kids, right? Yeah. Like, many different levels. I work with behavioral issue kids that got some kind of behavioral diagnosis, mental health diagnosis, right? One kid said, what if I stabbed you with this pencil? And I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know if I'm quick enough to get stabbed and calm myself down before you're on the floor. It's like, what does that mean? I was like, if you stab me, I'm going to react. And I don't know if I'm quick enough not to react in the way that I've just been stabbed, right? Right. And he was like, he wasn't computing. I was like, I mean, you could try and stab me. You wouldn't get there. But again, I don't know if I would defend myself. And I already got my story straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the story's already straight, bro. And the other kid was like, what if I slapped you right now? And I, and I fake looked at my desk. And I was like, you know, it's funny. I was looking at my job contract the other day and I was like, nowhere in it says my duties am I supposed to get slapped here? So try me. And he's like, huh? Wait, I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. It doesn't tell me I get to get slapped. Like, I'm not paid to get slapped. So mm -hmm. let's see what happens if you slap me, right? <laughs> and he kind of like, hmm. 
And remember, I'm six foot two, 270 pounds, and these kids are talking to me like that, right? Yeah. Right. So Jim Belushi had free reigns to do whatever he wanted to school. So it was like, well, most of the school didn't want smoke. They didn't want, like, I'm not saying most of the school wanted to go to class, but they wanted right. to be at school, right? Right. But most of the school wasn't with the shits. Even the gangbangers, like, like, I mean, now I sound like a stereotype. We saw old boy in the corner, the old, uh, uh, Hispanic homie yeah, with yeah. the fedora and the yep. grays and the cane at a school. Yeah, right. Yes. Uh, seemingly either he's a pimp or he's been shot before <laughs> and he has the word cane. He has the rock and cane <laughs> in school, right? And they wasn't in this kind of shit, right? They was like, man, that's the black people doing that. That's the Negritos yeah. doing all that shit, right? <laughs> it's the white gang. And, you know, we all need to band against them because all they're going to drink is bring the hard drugs here. Right. <laughs> we beat heroin, guys. We don't need them bringing back heroin. <laughs> right. <laughs> they might try and get us on Oxycodone, right? Yeah. <laughs> what y'all missed was when he... Um, when he when he went to the drug bus, when he busted up the drug, they yeah. did go back to the school. That was Jim Belushi's plan was to have uh, Victor do something. Show he was showing like all these kids are watching. What you gonna yeah. do? And he was like, yeah. they ain't seen shit. And he wasn't <laughs> sure about it anymore. He felt he was losing the school, right? And that's right. why I didn't pop him. He, you know, he's down for murder, but he was like, yeah. I don't know. I see you reaching these fucking kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so like that. Even one of my favorite scenes. I wish they had explored it a little more before they turned like Victor into whole car murder. The first time they had that long interaction where Victor was on the top tier and yeah, he was yeah. a thing, and mm-hmm. he was like, "If you try and reach me, I'm just gonna cut off your hand." And he's like, "I got another head," mm-hmm. and you kind of see him soften, Victor. You kind of he's yeah. like, "Yeah, get it." <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. You might have right. your class on Monday, <laughs> right? Well. Uh, speaking of of caucasity, I think it's time to get to our caucasity ranking system so we can break ah. this movie down properly. Victor, we've got three levels of caucasity that we rank these movies in. So the first level is shorts in the winter, and that's basically like you're not hurting me, you know, like nothing bad is happening to me. I just have questions, right? Like, what are you doing? Why is this happening? This can't be good for you, you know. Like, you you should probably reevaluate certain life decisions, but at the end of the day, it's not harmful. It's just like questionable, right? The second level is this movie is touching my hair, which now we're at a point where like now you've invaded my space. Now you're encroaching on on my safety and my, you know, just general well-being. It's not the worst thing that's ever happened to me, but I wish you would stop. Like we need to create some boundaries here. Like, you know, cease and desist, right? You're, you're, you're up against the line. The third level of Cassidy we've changed it throughout so it has gone from taylor swift's cover of september and then it was chris martin's cover of pony most recently it has been john gruden's emails but just today (laughs) i i i got around to the video of the teacher in the native american headdress dancing in her classroom (laughs) and that's got to take the cake because wow the mm. levels of caucasity to not only this is a math class for one, so I don't know what's happening. Secondly, <laughs> that went on when I heard about it, I was like, damn, that sounds bad. But then you watch the video, that video goes on. On. Like it's, it's not five minutes of her doing that shit. It's not just a quick, like, wow, okay, you I guess you did that. She had a full well, she had a DIY uh hobby lobby headdress that she made but then she like went in. she was praying to the rock gods yeah <laughs> yeah 
like, all over some bullshit. You know what I mean? Uh, just like something that you and then over the, a mnemonic device. And then that's what she was teaching. It, it pants to the kids in class, and they're all just like, "What? What is happening right now?" So oh, that oh. that is the level of you've chosen violence. Like you know exactly what you're doing. You're doing this mm -hmm. on purpose. You don't care. You're being harmful, and you like it, right? And like that's we've we've crossed just all kinds of lines. There's really no coming back from this. Uh, where do you, Victor, see the principal landing on that scale? Touching my hair. Uh, again, so we we grew up in a different time, right? Yeah. I watched the Rush Hour the other. Day. I watched Rush Hour the other day, and I was like, "Woo, woo, we can't make this movie." No. <laughs> God damn, we can't make this movie, no. yeah. <laughs> right? And Rush Hour was innocent, right? Those Very. were we Very were cracking up, right? And there mm -hmm. was nothing wrong with the with it at the time, and it still has a special place in our heart. We can't say it out loud, right? <laughs> Right, but it still was fucking classic. It made Jackie Chan. Uh, it, it it boosted Jackie Chan to stardom. It, it, he ingratiated yeah. himself in us. I don't know if it did the same for Chris Tucker in China, but I mean, <laughs> it made Chris Tucker twenty million. He got twenty million dollars for that movie. Yeah, sure did. It, it made him so we're not getting a Friday before Zeus. I mean, Debo <laughs> and Pops is gone. That's how. Yeah. That's what Rush Hour did for Chris Tucker. Right. Yep. This movie didn't hurt my feeling because we were at the time like this was this was the start of white 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 teacher savior films right it, it it birthed all these movies right if there's something before and we're wrong okay yeah but we see how mm. we see this movie being made yes, sure for the next fifteen some odd years right I saw more yes, heart than y'all yes. right and a reason why I was so like my audacity is different <laughs> from y'all because like I recognize this neighborhood right like so. I see this and I see all this stuff and it was more nostalgic to me. It still had yeah, nostalgia yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. Right? Uh, so like it didn't hurt me. And like, while I know it, it mm -hmm. it's the line of, it shows us that these kids are wild animals because people believe movies, right? We're guilty of that because the nineties told us Pakistan was the worst place in the world and they're all terrorists yeah. and stuff like that. And then you read one paragraph and you're like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> Oh yeah, I'd run up in your shit too if I was living here. <laughs> and then the UN gifted you this fucking land. And we were cool when you guys first lived. Yeah. Like before the UN said this was y'all land, we lived in perfect fucking harmony, right? We had a tiff now and then, but it was over silly shit. We didn't have shit. But then as soon as y'all got the land, the shit funked up, right? This was it was a different time, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a time when 40-year-old white dudes had hands, right? <laughs> <laughs> Like these motherfuckers got into bar fights. That was the <laughs> shit in the world. This motherfucker got no bar fight and was there the next day. It's like Rick, you was tripping last night. He's like, hey man, I'm sorry. You know how I get when I get that jacket, me. Yep. You served me 25 <laughs> shots, motherfucker, and then let, let me put it on your jacket. <laughs> you get a few beers over. in. They, 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 they was, they was <laughs> fine. His partners didn't try and stop mm -hmm. him. It's like Rick, don't do it. Oh, this shit about to get wild. <laughs> no. no. But they're kind of like, but let me watch it. <laughs> Yeah, and, the dude and they, and they like walk Ray, outside Ray to watch. Brother, like, right? mm, look yep. what he That's did. Well, That's what I thought drink. dude was sitting next to him, the light skinned dude. Yeah, it took me a minute because I was like, like he, is that? He remind me because hmm. the other one okay. is. Um, All right, I guess name? he's got one. He was in the Matrix. I'm black friend. <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about? Like, she has a brother oh, that's yeah. a, like oh, a fairly like famous to us, right? Actor and stuff like that. That's what I thought he was. So I'm like, this didn't. It didn't hurt me, right? right. Yeah. I was like, this is some shit like is going on. Mm -hmm. And but me, I put it in historical West <laughs> Oakland times and stuff like that. So this was more like, eh, 
<laughs> the most egregious thing was again him taking 25 fucking shots yeah. and getting up a fucking bike right. in the middle of a goddamn day. <laughs> yes. It's wild to me. Like, motherfucker, you fucking he's a menace to fucking society. Like if he had got yeah. if he got arrested in this shit, they had to put him in jail. <laughs> like, oh wait, no, this ain't yes. <laughs> Yeah, he he getting out. He, he getting out the next day. He probably right, calling the lawyer. I'm who, gonna go because uh, I'll be on for busted up and be like, yo. <laughs> but yeah, nah, this I is need... <laughs> this touch, please, please, ma'am, 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 well, please, please. This is before I go full on. <laughs> somebody's gonna go to jail tonight. <laughs> Guess who's going to jail tonight? <laughs> Sean, what about you? All right, um, you know, Victor has fantastic points, and as someone who is a child of the '80s, like I said. This brought back every single 80s trope known to mankind. I'm a little bit older now, so I understand what these movies was trying to do. You know what I mean? I understand what they was trying to do. So it go like, like I agree with the touch of my hair part because you're dealing with a time where you had these white producers that are just like, oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to help the kids. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, you know, we're going to help America. We're going to help. We're going to help the inner city. When they know damn good and well, they ain't never been no, no inner city in their damn lives. So, you know, we just reinforce stereotypes. Like I, I said, like, so like I said earlier in the show, all these things play into it. Ronald Reagan, Reaganomics, like D.W. Griffiths, The Birth of a Nation, Death Wish. Like, and granted, Death Wish is now an old ass franchise by the time we hit 1987. But Charles Bronson was still doing Death Wish movies, even if they were direct to video. Sure okay. Was. So we're still living this like wish fulfillment of if like like you said, Jordan. Well, if I was there, I this is what I would do. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're still living that. So, but like, um, but Victor is right. Like it took a moment, but Rick did eventually care about those kids, even though he's not really a good dude. He mm-hmm. did care about those kids toward the end, you know. But like the way this movie is filmed. You care about no one, <laughs> you know, because everybody in this film, honestly, is in this outside of outside of Jim Belushi's character, Rick, Rick Lattimore. Everybody else could disappear. Jake could disappear. Hillary, Hillary uh, or Roscoe could disappear. Um, White Zach could disappear. Baby could disappear. Like all these characters are only here to serve a trope so we can move this so we can advance the plot. Yep, that's yep. it. But like a lot of these cats don't even have to be here for the story to exist, you know. So I do agree with Victor, though. It's like it's touching my hair. And right now I got a lot of hair and I really suggest you not touch it, please. <laughs> you know, but but yeah, it was a different time, even though Michael Wright is playing a 40 year old teenager. I won't take it that far. OK, yeah. I won't. That's still, <laughs> it bothers me. Because at first I thought it was Leon and then I felt bad because here I am doing the thing that like a lot of white folks do when you think this black person look like that black person. And I did that and I felt awful for like a half hour. Then I continued to watch the movie. I didn't feel bad anymore. <laughs> you know, you know, Michael Wright has gotten at least two jobs. But people thought he was like, honestly, he didn't say anything. He was just like, true. I think <laughs> call me, call, call me Leon is Michael want. Wright. I just call Michael Wright yeah. Leon. If that makes sense to you, I I know who I'm envisioning <laughs> when I say Leon, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like this guy's a menace. He's sure. a great fucking actor. When he's playing good, he's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. When he's playing bad, he's playing. He didn't. He didn't stink up the fucking joint. <laughs> he was a fucking menace, and he like. <laughs> no. The funniest part, no. like he had a noose, and I was like, "But what the fuck did you get this noose?" 
who knows how to fucking tie a noose because he didn't have Google. Like, no. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, let me show you how white it's Zach. done. He had white Zach. uh well i i you know as as always um white people are crazy y'all hear me (laughs) like it's you know (laughs) i agree that this movie is is touching my hair i i can't go as far a a few things have only gone as far as crazy teacher we're gonna have to come up with a with a proper name for her but that you know that that's that's a new level dances of capacity that <laughs> oh, dance, oh dances with karens dances with karens dance dance with karens that's okay that's you know we'll copyright that for you sean uh thank you appreciate that <laughs> my favorite yeah. part watching like seeing it on twitter and then going down thread to read some of the responses to it of course some <laughs> some do was like but what's the context because like clearly there's a powerpoint in the back so like she was teaching something i think maybe we need to see more of this video fam it's math class (laughs) what more do you need to see (laughs) well let's uh let's quickly transition into how we would remake this movie into something that was either starring you know people of color or if if this movie even needs to be remade to begin with um victor what do you think is this a movie that well they made it right uh lean on me they made the movie. right <laughs> um does it need to be made if you if you actually put heart in this movie um our school systems are broken like all over the biggest problem with one of our one of the biggest problem is uh tenure you can be a terrible teacher and not get fucking fired right mm-hmm. that's where it needs to, they need to focus on yeah. it, right? Um, you seen that one video of the white kid said, you come in here and hand out packets. Some kids don't learn this way and shit like yeah. that. And then, you know, you do all that stuff. So if you're going to talk about it on all aspects, The Wire is one of the greatest show ever because they talk, they hit on Baltimore from every freaking angle, yes. right? It wasn't just these niggas sell drugs. Well, this is why they sell drugs. This is why they can sell drugs. This is who bring in the drugs. This is who benefits from the drug. And it's not the hood, right? right? So they brought us all that and then they gave us like uh, authentic, right? Because if you weren't met the man, Wood Harris, Idris Alba, you were from Baltimore, yeah. right? <laughs> like even the pastor was a drug, a drug kingpin. Yeah. And one of the guys that helped write the show was a cop. And it was a very funny story. He was like, I just look at him. And sometimes he just looked like he's back and like, yeah, that's what I used to do. <laughs> Like, and he's like, I used to chase this guy for years and now we're working on the same fucking show mm-hmm. like, and stuff like that. And so, like, if they made it from every angle, you can have the, the, the bad school because we do have like bad schools. Right. And not I mean, but it, it comes from a, a, um, a place. There's a history to why our neighborhoods got into disarray. Right. There's a history of San Francisco, the history of Oakland, California. Uh, if you see the freeway system, right? So this was during red line. So that's why all of that place was black. That was during red line and why everybody got in, in West Oakland. But if you saw that freeway, when they built that freeway, they tore down houses to build that freeway and then didn't put no off ramps yep. or on ramps to get out of the hood. So you built the, the you built it through the hood and then you didn't put stuff in there. So you talk about that. So while we're going to spend all this money to put a, a freeway through your hood, which connects the Bay Area and shit like that, 
we're not going to put any off ramp. So fuck you. You don't need to get out of your hood to go get a job somewhere else and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's part of you talk about. You talk about like what kind of teachers do come here. You got the white savior teachers. I think they're going to sell Pfeiffer this shit. Right. And they're I don't know if they're worse than the bad teachers. Right. Because if you feel like you can come to a place to save these people, you you in the wrong you in the wrong uh, area. I go to schools like that because, first of all, I want to have good conversations. Right? <laughs> they're funny as shit. We had a whole history lesson on why, how dope <laughs> we talked about drug superhighways and shit like mm. that. And I was like, well, this is how dope got and shit. I was like, this is why Chris and Bloods are in your neighborhood. Well, in the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> In order to expand their operations, some neighbor some neighborhood gangs moved to different cities and started selling drugs. <laughs> like, no, this is like it, it. And so, yeah, um, like I said, they made the movie with um, "Lean on Me." It's a better movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, but it's still problematic in its own way. If we watch that again, mm, it's yeah. like, how problematic is that movie? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But we we see the heart in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it scared me to go to high school. <laughs> I was like, high school's like that? Hell no. <laughs> you didn't want to jump off the roof. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, if you, like, I'm, and I believe it'll really be a great movie if they wrote it from all aspects. It, it seems more like a TV show than anything. If you, you got to start with the 1920s and the 1800s. Mm-hmm. You got to start with Black people moving from the South, right, to get, to run away from racism. Yeah. To go work in the factories and then when black people started making too much money they started burning down neighborhoods and moving the jobs mm-hmm. out then the job and then the poverty and it's like yeah if you've never been starving and we think we say starving a lot right but we don't mean starving yeah. right we talk about oh, hunger yeah, right, pains, right? Yes. she said the best thing he was like that line when she said have you ever heard a baby cry and she's like yeah he's like yeah whatever she's like yeah whatever the fuck ever but when you know the only thing that can stop that baby from crying is food no matter how you coddle my the kid, how much you sing to him, try and put him to sleep, the only thing that'll stop that baby from hunger. And so that is a great speech to say. It's like, no, that's why I'm out here trapping. Yep. Because I have a child. Now, was it like I ain't knocking her for being a teen mom and going to high school? But again, she 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 made her choice. Now she's making money for the yeah. kids. I actually want to know what the better job um uh, Victor got her because she's like, no, nah, no, nah, I, I don't do that no more. He got me a better job. I'm in an executive position right now because, <laughs> again, I told you what that strip was. Right. <laughs> right. And that was a pretty young, lat- maybe half black, maybe Latina woman. Right. So I'm like, what the fuck did job did he give you? But then when he came back into the school, famous scroll. he came back into the school, he gave her a look like you you on the list. You know what I mean? You work, you work yeah. at overtime. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's like there's a but yeah like does this movie need to be made yeah because i'm tired of slave movies <laughs> and i'm also tired of uh world war ii movies yeah jesus fucking christ i'm tired of world war unless you have a zombie aspect mm. <laughs> overlord was yeah. great uh but yeah like yeah we can make it but if we're gonna talk about everything yeah we gotta talk about right. everything uh sean what do you think Everything that Victor just said is on point, and I agree with seriously. Like, I because, like, honestly, my answer was be like, no, nah, man, we ain't remaking this shit. We, we are not, we are, we are not remaking this because, like, we, we've done that. We, you know, we've done that. Like, hey, the substitute had how many direct to video sequels? Yep. With, with Treat Williams in the place of Tom Berenger. I ain't forgot. 
But what Victor says is right. Like, if you're going to do it, it has to have heart. And that's something that this movie thinks it has. It doesn't have heart. It just has violence. Sure does. You know, you know, it's violence masqueraded as heart and conviction and hope. It's just it's just violence because you're playing with 80, 80s, 80s action hero narratives of only a white person can save the city. Only a white person can save this terrible town. Only this white person knows what these poor black kids and poor Latinos and poor other minorities and poor white kids need. Like it, it, it just because there's so many movies like that. So, yep. so, so, so many. But the thing is, as a standard action film, fine. Because yeah. that's what it was. That was the time that was the era. So Victor's absolutely right. Uh, so I would I go with what he says. I'm not trying to take the easy way out. No, but yeah. it's like, no, Victor said everything needed to be said on that. And he's yeah. right. I would if, if we're remaking this movie, I would like to see because the, <laughs> Lou Gossett, man, bless him. You know, like he's 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 in the movie. He's working with what he was given. But like really not a lot but no. the one like the the 30 seconds of backstory they do give him when he was like yo you know I, I used to play football here and then i made it to the afl and i was like for a half a minute you know like looking at those checks and was like this is gonna be the life then i got hurt and i came right back here right like mm -hmm. give me almost like a like a life story right like i like the idea of victor you were saying about making a tv show where you kind of get maybe like flashing back and forth between Lou Gossett as a, as a kid at the school, you know, as a, as a football player and kind of what the school was like, you know, so like you're saying, don't shy away from all of the elements. Like he's going to school here in the sixties and the seventies, like mm -hmm. give us all of that. Right. And then flash forward to what he is today, get, get uh, Jim Belushi out the paint and just like just focus on focus on jake as like this this guy who you know he's been through it right he's from the neighborhood he came up here he grew up here he got out for for a hot second he kind of saw a little bit of the world now he's yeah. back here again and he's able to talk to these kids right you know and 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 kind of play on that right where you do maybe you do have a jim belushi as character who's coming in here and thinks he knows what these kids need and thinks he's going to turn the school around but you got Jake who knows like, look, these kids are here at most fingers crossed four years, right? Like right. I have an opportunity to reach them in a way that teachers don't, the principal doesn't, maybe even their parents don't. And I can speak to them from a real perspective, right? Maybe yeah. if I'm not the football coach, I am, you know, head security or whoever. Cause that's the, I mean, it, it varies, right? Like in the <laughs> schools that have police, right? No. Nobody's talking to the cops at school. Nobody's <laughs> hanging out with, but for schools that have security and more so security of people like I, yeah, I went to the school once upon a time, right? Sometimes security can be cool. Like sometimes they are the people who do care about the kids in a way that other administrators don't because they have to be in these situations with them time and time again. Like they don't really want to go in there and yoke these kids up, right? Some of some of the, the police do, right? The police want to go in there and go crazy on these kids. But the the security like who have to deal with these kids on a day to day basis, it's a lot easier just to 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 talk to them, right? To be able to say, Hey, look, before we even get to that point, because I, I see what's happening here. I see you looking across the hall at this kid. I know what's about to go down. Let me just pull you to the side 
speak to you for a few minutes. You know, if I can help you, I can help you. If it's going to be what it's going to be, I'm going to do what I have to do, you know? Like, it can be those situations. But having Lugasa Jr. kind of be that mentor type who can speak to these kids on a different level would be a much better TV show or movie than whatever the principal was. You know, people like him riding the motorcycle through the hallways and, you know, all the other stuff that he yeah, was that, doing. That's, see, that's, was wild. Yeah, that's, was some, wild. See, that's, some, that's some 80s action movie you shit right I mean? there. Yes, uh, but for for substance, I think you know I would I would much rather prefer to see Lou Gossett one get to like actually act and and flex those muscles, but two you know kind of give us a more rounded story. Um, so check it out. He he he. You remember those doors in them high school? Yep. Yes. How thick was them doors? Those were thick. So he had to come up the steps, which I believe he can in this motorcycle, yeah. right? He had to bust through a door. With no runway, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> he shattered that fucking door yes. with no runway. Oh, strength. Uh, what, was it at the end of the hall? Because it didn't look no. like it, right? If it's at the end of the hall, yeah, maybe. But he had to make a left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that shit took work. I'm like, come on, man. Like he, like, he did bust through that door real. Yeah. I was like, nah, nah. I remember my doors in my high school, but nothing getting through that damn door. <laughs> Doors now, like your door right there. Yeah, you can come through that door tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But like, nah, them old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. He obliterated that motherfucker. Yes. Then, like you said, he whooped Zach's ass. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gave it to him. He that was a prison ass. <laughs> like, nah, that's not what we do here. That's not what we do here. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah, that was Zach came back. I went to came back. I was like, this nigga gonna whoop my ass <laughs> twice. twice. And then he got thrown out a window. Twice. I mean, you know. Zach, Zach. And like, I guess he clicked up with him. I think they said it like they clicked up to get rid of him. And he was like, yeah, this crowbar, I'm going to fuck him up. And then like. That's on Victor, though. Why would you trust white Zach? Like not even trust white Zach on a on a philosophical level, but like just like on a competency, like he's going to get the job done. He already got his ass whooped. You know what I mean? Like you think he's going to come back here. And do something else besides what you've seen him do time after time. He dismissed him through a window. Yes. <laughs> like and he gave old boy like he gave like old boy with a curl, uh, full force. Yeah. Smells like <laughs> I smell pussy. He he like they was fighting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lou Goss whooped his yeah. ass, but they yeah. were fighting because he was in decent shape and shit like that. He was a well-built thing. Yeah. Could you imagine all these kids if they had went, oh, there go my other white savior movie, The Equalizer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, bro, if y'all had a football team, I mean, y'all wouldn't have made grades, but goddamn it, for the first eight games, y'all would have been fucked. <laughs> yes. Yes, because, like, that Jerry Curl dude, I'm like, bro, you look like you could probably, you look like you was probably starting for the then Seattle Supersonics right, back right. then. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. dude out here looking like Michael Cage from 1987 yeah. with the big-ass Jerry Curl. And I was just like, I'm like, no, you're, man, but when he threw him over the, the stairwell, mm. and they cut, they cut the, the he, camera shot. Him, tw- him twitching. Did twitching. he die? If he would have been knocked out, I would I would, I would have felt Was he sad, dead? But he was twitching, meaning, yeah, he died. Yeah. <laughs> that twitching, yeah, yeah that, that twitching, that's brain trauma. Yeah. He, he, he died, died. and then like Louis Gossett Jr. kind of crying because he's yeah. just like, I didn't want to kill this kid, but like he didn't give me no choice. What I'm supposed to do, you know? And I was just like, so that's how we gonna end it. But no, it ends with 
them just sitting outside the police car. Well, hey, you, you gonna be here tomorrow? Well, I guess so. You gonna be here tomorrow? Well, I just killed a motherfucker. Well, I just beat a motherfucker. I guess we gonna <laughs> be here tomorrow. You know, like so it's like it all just gets washed, washed away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh well, so I don't I don't want to speak for all of us, but would we all collectively then recommend uh lean on me? Is that the <laughs> You have to watch it first and then see if it has the trope, yeah. right? Like, how do you remember this movie? When's the last time you've seen this movie, right? We know this is a white savior film. It stars a white man in going to the hood, right? <laughs> this one was the reverse one. And yes, you can have white savior film with black people. Like I said, the Equalizer 2. A favorite line in the Equalizer 2 is when he goes up and I, I can't remember if he murdered everybody in the projects to get to uh, his, his his art homie project, yeah. right? But he, he 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 fucks everybody up, right? I don't think he killed everybody in the room, but he yeah he he just drew down on. Yeah. So he told bro in the hallway, "You've got talent," and I was like, "Wow." He had his whole speech about pull your pants up. You got talent. You can do something. You know how hard it is to make it as an artist. It's easier for them. Dudes <laughs> that was smoking weed in there to probably run a 440 than it is to make it drawing right. as a black person, right? So it's like you give the you got talent speech to these motherfuckers, but you just without any remorse to these drug deals and shit. Like y'all motherfuckers ain't got talent. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I'm not in jail. I obviously have talent. Any fucking drug. My partner like was a high school dropout. But if you if you've ever heard Pimp C talk about crack, whoo, that was him. Mm. <laughs> His crack math was amazing. <laughs> so you have to have you have to have excellent math skills to be a good coke mm. crack dealer and shit like that. And so it's like, yeah, we see that you've got talent. I'm like, what about these niggas on the couch? Nope. <laughs> Apparently not. Nope. <laughs> not for Denzel. Nope. Well, Victor, I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Uh, definitely appreciate all the insight because that I mean that's the thing. Like watching this movie just through a lens you know and just seeing it for what it what it is on the surface i think you're maybe not going to get as much out of it as you know when you when you have a little bit more of the the history and some of the real world oakland you know stuff behind it so i appreciate you coming on and, and bringing that to us now nah, again uh i thank y'all like this was amazing yeah. uh it's my first time getting to be on somebody else's show um this was like, again, I, I love you guys' premise <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> and again, I hope it, when it goes on, when you guys do your first round and you find a second round, invite me back because, uh, you know, oh, boy. We, got, <laughs> we got movies, so you're definitely invited back, yeah. whatever. Uh, if, well, yeah. tell people, you know, if, if, if you got stuff going on that you want to promote, let people know uh, about it. Oh, yeah. Um, the show is uh, All Podcast Matter with an S. Um, some people get it twisted when they first hear it, like all lives matter. And I was like, no, we were being funny. And, it, <laughs> and if you know about it, you get yeah. it. If you don't, you're like, what does that have to mean? <laughs> I was like, yeah, but no, we're back to doing shows regularly. Again, I'll have you guys on if you guys oh, want to talk shit about let's movies do it. and stuff like that. Uh, you know, we are strictly just there to talk shit yeah. about movies I'm and here. stuff like that. And then somehow we throw in the political aspects. Somebody got mad at us because we broke down the racial tones of and brought in political aspects of Wreck-It Ralph 2. <laughs> <laughs> they like, how did you find that? I was like, look here. When, you, <laughs> when you're too woke, everything, <laughs> everything has a political yep, undertone yep. to it. Uh, 
And so, but yeah, now nah, um, I'm just getting back into gotcha. it again. Like my life of school is over. And so there's be more stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. You can check us out anywhere. Check us on Twitter. Uh, all pods uh, matter. And it's the moment for me. But uh, again, I thank you guys. This is a great experience. Yeah. And I enjoyed myself. Yeah, appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, Sean, you got, you got stuff to plug. Yeah, um, if you if you try, if you want to find me, uh, you can find me on Twitter um, at Sean S H A S H A W N R Pryor P R Y O R. Um, I write a lot of books. Uh, I write books for kids. I write graphic novels. I write prose novellas. If you want to see, see stuff that I've written or collaborated on? Go to SeanPryor.com. That would take you uh, to my page. Um, and sometime in November, hopefully November the twelfth, I will be launching a Kickstarter for the double size finale of uh, issue uh, issue three of ignition a miniseries an action miniseries that i was working on with uh, gentleman writing artist kelly guillory um and so um as always i stay busy that's what i do <laughs> and you can also catch me on the culture trapping podcast with uh, daryl taylor julian lytle and uh, gil cologne and that's on the taylor network uh, the taylornetwork.com or you can just type culture trapping and spotify wherever you get your podcast so so yeah i'm i'm, I'm everywhere I'll I'll close us out here uh, and just <laughs> let everybody know you can find me if you want uh, Jarisosa18 on Twitter and Instagram uh, comic stuff coming soon so probably probably sometime next year but yeah if you want to find more about the show you can find us on Twitter at white underscore pod uh, that's where we've got all our different stuff for our episodes we've got some behind the scenes stuff on there if you guys want to check that out you can reach us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com if you want to want to send in your thoughts on this episode and other past episodes we'd love to hear from you but that's going to do it for us this week definitely check us out next week we'll have more wild wild caucasity for you uh but victor sean thanks again for joining us and everybody we'll see you next week peace see You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.